Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm Adrian Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's the summer doldrums, but we're getting through it. It's super hot here in Georgia, and uh, I might have melted a little bit, but, you know, that's why the pool's there, so you can cool off a little bit in the summer. <laughs> Jared, how you doing? Pretty good. I, I've been in pools, though, this summer that were not that cool because it was so hot so <laughs> i don't know if that's going to help you i know well there was a, a pool that i recently was in for about two hours and you know it's one of those things where once you're in there for a couple hours it does not seem cool it's not nice your skin starts shriveling up and you're like this is not fun like i need to sit out get some some vitamin c and just you know drink some water <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. The pool's supposed to really cool you off, and it, it's not doing its thing this year. So, yeah, it's been pretty hot. But I think next week's going to be in the 80s, which you know that's not bad compared to what it has been. Yeah. Hey, but hey, that's a, that's summers here in Georgia for you, and you know, all the same time. I mean, Auburn's practicing just what only a couple hours from you and I here in um, in Atlanta, and. They're, they're putting in the hard work. I mean, I've seen lots of cool videos of, like, Zach Calzada working out, uh, throwing dimes to the wide receivers and running backs in the offseason. So you got you to gotta know, like, there's there's some practicing going on, even though we are still about a month away from fall camp officially getting started off. So I, I'm just, you know, this is one of those things where it, it gets the excitement, you know, coming back up. Like there was a, you know, a lull and then now it's coming right back up. And before we know it, we're going to have new information almost on a daily basis about, you know, how's the quarterback room looking? How's the wide receivers looking this year with a bunch of new faces? Like all that kind of discussion is just right around the corner. And it just gets me really excited because I love that stuff so much. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a couple of big topics for you today. Um, one of them is this robotic quarterback called the seeker. So let's start out with that one, because I feel like this is something that Auburn is being very innovative with where at first I was like, this is a weird headline. Like, why do we pay so much money for a rob- robotic quarterback when like, you know, Jared, I know you've seen them. It looks like a, kind of like a pitching machine for baseball where you like put the football in it and it like shoots it usually for punt returns or whatever. And I was like, okay, so like, why did we spend this? And then I started reading into it and this thing sounds super high tech. Like it's got a screen on it where you can essentially tell it, Hey, you know, throw this route and not only throw this route to this person, but throw it at the perfect time and throw it to their you know, whatever side, you know, over their shoulder or 
to their chest or wherever you want to throw it. And, and this robot can tell where that person is. It can read that person and how fast they're running. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I would love to see this thing in action because if I was a, you know, a football player and, you know, let's be honest, most football players, they want tons of reps. They, if they want to practice and get to that next level, they want to get all those extra reps. This is the way to do it. You don't have to waste somebody's arm, you know, throwing a bunch of passes over and over. You can just say, you know, if you're a wide receiver or running back and, you know, load this thing up with footballs and go run 15 times and do it. And I was like, this is pretty neat. Jared, did you get to see this uh, this article about this, uh, the seeker? And what's kind of your thoughts on, you know, the leading technology with these kinds of things that could potentially, you know, give give these football players a little bit of an extra advantage? No, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I got to I gotta think, like, the play school or whatever that toy was, they kind of paved the way for this, right? Isn't there, <laughs> isn't there a thing where you put a ball and you press it with your foot? It's like yep. a time clicker. Yeah, and then I know they have it for baseball. I'm sure they have one for football, and I got to think that they they you know those were 20 years ago, man. They were they were groundbreaking, right? So that had to pave the way for this. But regarding this, I, I have not seen it yet. I, I got a pretty good idea of what it looks like. Um, can can we start it? Like, can it? Can we put a? Is it big <laughs> enough to put a uniform on and like put a fake helmet on? I and, mean. I mean, hey, if we already paid money for it, we could just say it's NIL money. And yeah. Who, who knows the wiser, right? Here's, like, yeah, as long as it throws perfect passes, maybe we get one play off and score one touchdown before they realize what's going, like, before they blow exactly. the whistle. Yeah, I think, we, and, and I we, think just, we should try it. We just say he got injured and then bring him into the, the you know, whatever yeah. locker room and nobody knows it just we're like, like my bad we sent the wrong dude out i'm sorry okay <laughs> the points still count right we're up seven to nothing okay cool well, we won't do this again all right yeah yeah my bad i thought number one was number yeah. we, five <laughs> we just messed up you know i'm sorry so um but no it's a i mean technology is just crazy and you may have mentioned it i don't know if you were telling me before the podcast maybe you just said it a few moments ago but the fact that you can tell it apparently, hey, this guy's going to run a 10-yard out route, throw it to his yeah. back shoulder, and it'll do it is just crazy. Like, that's the kind of craziness. Like, you could only do that before with a physical human and say, watch this. And that's after, you know, somebody who has probably played quarterback <clears throat> before and knows how to do that. Anyway, this is crazy technology to me. I love it. And, you know, Auburn's been using some pretty interesting technology. It kind of looks like honestly like kind of like a sports bra that the guys are wearing but that that's other technology that auburn's using to kind of help measure the technology you know how much energy a person's putting out during practice and ultimately i mean the more effort you're putting in practice the easier it's going to be on game days and you can measure that kind of stuff um like the the harder people practice the better they're prepared for an actual game day so that's the kind of cool stuff that I'm I'm excited to see kind of where that takes off. I'm a technology nerd, so this is, you know, right up my alley. AJ, I don't I still don't fully understand how a radio works, if I'm being honest with you. So <laughs> all this other stuff just blows me away. Well, I mean, you know, I have another podcast for that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> <laughs> If I did and I understood radios, I, I would wow. That would actually be if you were gonna do a technology podcast, I think uh, how radios work would be a pretty cool
cool name of it, maybe. Yeah. Just kind of like grabs your attention. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah. everybody you know, has one in their car, so it's, it's common technology. CD players now not everybody has in their car anymore. They <laughs> don't even put those in cars. How crazy is that? I know. My my newest car from t- 2019 doesn't even have that. So, yeah. yes. My kids don't even know what a CD is. So. <laughs> Anyways, we're off the football. I've, I see where I've taken this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. This is uh, this is the kind of fun we get to have in the off season. Um, and, and one of the kind of fun topics, Jared, you you brought up to me, and I I I started to question it. I was like, man, this is kind of interesting topic around conferences. So, Jared, I wanted to kind of give you the floor to explain where you were thinking about where you see conferences going in the future, because you know there's been a lot of off season topics. Like, you know, now Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC. And inevitably, there's going to be more teams that kind of shift around conferences and potentially make some conferences really loaded, I think. I think this is going to happen. So, Jared, I wanted to give you kind of the floor on where you see the conferences going for college football. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't have any inside intel. And, you know, the SEC has really been kind of playing this game ever since they brought in A&M and Missouri. And then when they brought in Texas and Oklahoma, you're like, oh, that that's a really big thing too. But nobody else was playing the game. So you're like, okay, what's going to happen? And then, I mean, people were messing around and bringing in like Rutgers and Maryland, the big team. Yeah. But I mean, like not real impactful pieces. And then you open the news three weeks ago and you're like, what? USC and UCLA are joining the big 10? Yeah. And it hit me right then. I think we're going to wind up with two major big conferences. I think, and I don't know when or how this is ever going to happen, but my gut is in five or 10 years, it's going to be like AFC, NFC. You're going to have Mm. SEC, Big Ten. They may change the name of it. I don't know. You're going to have a new governing body over maybe just football, but I don't think it's going to be the NCAA. And the reason being is there's too many, even with the NIL, it's hard to get a grasp of NIL in general. And then you have different conferences. You have different states that allow certain things. You got to get, you got to get everybody on the same page for this to be a fair sport. And I think it's going to take, okay, look, we got two big conferences. These are the ones that play it out. And then at the end of the year, you know, there's little playoffs going on. And at the end of the year, the two best teams play each other. And there's a governing body over that, that everybody Mm -hmm. adheres to. And, you know, that's going to help for NIL. It's going to help for clarity on a lot of things. It's going to help for, I hope we never have something like COVID again. But, AJ, if you remember when COVID hit, I mean, you had some conferences playing 10 games, some of them playing five. Yep. And they're getting in playoffs. Should they get in? I don't know. They passed the eyeball test. What does that mean? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So they haven't played half of what the other teams played. Yeah. This would bring clarity of, okay, one governing body. Here's what we're doing. We're either playing or we're not. And everybody that plays is playing this amount of games. Right. So and that's I, my view on it. What do you think? I, I've I've only lived in where there's these, you know, five or six kind of major conferences, kind of that world. But the way the, the especially with NIL, it's kind of making it into a little bit more of a, you need this structure. And I don't, I don't honestly don't think that the NCAA has a good enough grasp on what that structure looks like. And that's not just talking about NIL stuff. It's talking about all the other standardization of playing a college football game and you know, all that other stuff. 
that I think needs to happen at some point. And I think the NCAA may not be that right place. And I think others have said that before. <clears throat> it's not anything groundbreaking, but I think it's going to happen at some point that we don't have the NCAA over college football. And there's something over else over the college football world that does kind of put it into these two, we can call them two conferences, two major conferences or two major divisions. And we still get the big you know rivalries like the Auburns and the Alabamas of the world, you know, iron bowls. We still get those, but it's in kind of a different structure of who plays what inside of that. And I think that could be really interesting um, and make it closer to potentially kind of what you're, you're saying, which is more of like the NFL model. Is that right? Yeah. And I want to be clear. I don't like it, but it just hit me when, when USC and UCLA who are nowhere near any of the big 10 schools um, joined, you know, it, yeah. I don't, I think I was just in some naive state of, okay, the SEC is the only one that's really going to grab some name brand schools that might continue here or there. We might tinker a little bit. And then that happened. The big 10 was like, we're not sitting back. And then the the Big Twelve, Pac Ten, whatever all these are, the ACC, they're not making moves, and, mm-hmm. I, and maybe they're trying, and nobody's willing to to join. So it kind of hit me. And let's be honest, the elephant in the room is, um, and I'm all for fairness and stuff, but we got to face facts. Like everybody's like the NCAA oversees every sport, okay? Right. It's college it's, football you know, all, is a different. Well, yeah, it's it's all the soccer, it's tennis, it's swimming, it's the football, basketball, everything. It's everything. In, the elephant in the room is college football is not equal to them. Like right. it's a different animal. It is a money making machine. It used to be more where the NCAA could control it, and then when the TV deals got so astronomical to where they could pay these coaches ridiculous amounts, and then everybody started saying, "Wait a minute, these players need to be making money." Mm-hmm. And all this is fair. It's a natural attrition, but the reality is, it needs almost needs a different governing body to like yeah. okay. Now, I'm not saying these kids shouldn't have to go to school. I think you keep all those rules. They need to be in school. It needs to truly be affiliated with that school. But it's going to look a lot different. It, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how, who's going to govern it. I mean, I've heard that the playoff committee would actually be the governing body. Well, you can't just have 12 people. You'd have to have a whole – I mean, they, it would be a, a it would corporation. Be a, its own, yeah, it would be its own organization. Yeah, right? but it would start there, and they would be the governing body. And you do kind of play by different rules because it is a different animal. Yeah. But basketball March Madness touches that a little bit, but yeah. regular season basketball is nowhere near regular season college football, in my opinion. Right. And I don't think it, it will be just because of the money factor. I mean, even the biggest college basketball teams, the Dukes and Kentuckys of the world, they're not making as much money in a season as most football like super high-end football teams like alabama's of the football world are making a heck of a lot more money than dukes aj this will be the last thing i say i i don't know if any of this is fact but there's a guy apparently who signed with tennessee and then like three weeks ago there's a guy who committed to miami both of which apparently if rumors are true they are still in high school and they have essentially been guaranteed an eight million dollar deal what that both like eight million separate like that is what we're dealing with here this is the value of the sport and you can't bury your head in the sand and try to keep governing it like the old days where it's not and you got to have somebody who sees that proactively works towards creating a good structure around that and you know i don't want it like i don't like it 
but it is what it is and it's either going to go crazy like it is right now or mm-hmm. we're going to have somebody come in bring the reins in here and say here here's the rules okay right yeah and, and if it keeps going like this there's going to be i mean we talked about it before the nil stuff but teams cheated all the time they gave money to players gave dodge chargers all that good stuff are you, and, are you and, wait and you mentioned is, chargers are you specifically <laughs> talking about one school never mind carry you know, on you know who carry on um and there's there's a lot of craziness that's already happening with nil and I, I think so far it's fine, but it's quickly, very quickly. When when <laughs> last year, how many players got six or seven, or like really seven million dollar deals that we would hear about? And who knows how many extra got these small smaller deals that added up to seven figures? These twenty year olds, <clears throat> and, and like that's something that I think that's a ton of money flowing through these college students' hands, and I don't think the NCAA is built for that. It's just not. And fundamentally, it wasn't originally because it didn't want the players to get the money. It wanted the coaches and the institutions to get the money. And now it's shifting outward to those players. And I think that's when it's going to get really messy. And and that's where I think your your topic of you know having this big one governing body that is proactive with setting up these rules and setting up the conferences makes more sense than how the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten and Big 12 all kind of separately function under this kind of soft heading in my book for college football that is the NCAA. And the NCAA sometimes just doesn't do things the right yeah, way. <laughs> the, the NCAA is reactive. They're like, you can't do this. And then, oh, you did it. We're going to take seven years to investigate. We need somebody with right. a vision who's proactive, who can keep up with the changing times and and make this thing um and, and when i said earlier i don't like it i don't I, i'm i'm glad the players are making money but uh just the overall lack of structure we it needs to be fixed and yeah. as quick as possible before the sport you know you know goes off the the rails here because um there's potential for that because some people are, are playing by different rules and yeah. um that's not fair so we need to get that you know fixed and make it uh, get some structure going, and I just don't think the NCAA has that capability. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an e2c network booster exclusive communications and bonus content that is available nowhere else if you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one please head on over to patreon.com e2c network to join the e2c network booster club you can also get there by going to our website e2c network.com support 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. And I think that that topic leads me into another kind of thing that is a little bit more specific on Auburn, which is kind of the NIL piece that Auburn has started to grasp and start to utilize a little bit more, just like every other school. Um, and that's, you know, Auburn's NIL pr- uh, program. And some of the players have really you know been pushing this. There was a big social media campaign about it. And I think that, you know, ultimately, if you, you start doing something like that, I think there could be more players that want to come to Auburn. But there has to be the backing behind it. And I'm not 100% sure that there's enough Auburn donors out there that would provide enough money to get the top of the top. And that would make it really hard to for Auburn to go out there and get, you know, that super five-star that we really need to offer. You Like you had mentioned, the $8 million NIL deal before they've even stepped foot on campus as a college student. That's the kind of stuff, like, if you want to get the top of the top dogs, you have to do. And that's... Well, uh, Auburn needs that vision, too. And they need somebody that can, you know, take that vision and make it a reality. And um, I really think Harson can do it. He's going to have to be successful. So if Harson goes out there and has a good year, like beats expectations this year, I think he might could, you know, then he could be like, all right, guys. He, he goes to the money guys and says, here's what we need. <clears throat> you know, can y'all make it happen? Right now, you can't get everybody to agree on what we need. So even if, you know what I'm saying, everybody, want, even if you were like, even if there really was a room full of money people talking about who are we going to pay, you're not going to get everybody to agree. Oh, yeah. So you need somebody, you need the head coach um, to make it very clear, however they do that legally, <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, that this is our guy and here's why. And we're, I, we talked about it off the air. We're kind of in no man's land right now. Like, you know, Georgia and Alabama, I don't, they don't have the money that Texas and A&M does, and it's very clear. That's why Saban's making a big stink about everything because he, he knows he's going to get outpaced in money. Mm. Everybody's yep. going to get outpaced from a, the, the old money schools. Um, but they have recent success to fall back on. Auburn doesn't really have that, and I, I think we have some money, but not like that kind of money. So we're kind of in no man's land right now, which is the, where the majority of most schools are. Right. We're like not we're, unique. Yeah, we're not unique in that sense. And and I'm just like, I, I was thinking about the bigger schools like you were that are about to start paying players just to get them on campus. Uh, tons and tons of money. And I'm like, I don't know if Auburn would technically ever go that route 100%. Maybe for lack of funds that we, we may or may not have. But I, I think Auburn isn't <clears throat> a place that people do that for. I think most of the time people come to Auburn because they really like Auburn and like the coaches and, but times are changing. And so the money talks a lot louder than it used to. So anyway, I agree. I agree. Another kind of topic, and this is again, kind of related to Brian Harson. I've kind of noticed this, this trend with players, this, at least for this year, I think after, you know, the, the craziness of the off season, all the players that end up staying, have been bought in to what Brian Harson is doing with this program. And I, I really personally like that. I think there's a power to that when they are, when players are behind a unified leader and all of the assistant coaches are kind of bought into the head coach's philosophy for that program. 
I think that's when things can really start moving. And honestly, like I was thinking back to last year, you know, our six and seven season, we had some players on that team that ended up leaving the team. And I'm curious if some of those were the, you know, in the corner of the locker room, I don't know, like they're, they're chatting with their buddies. Hey, I don't know if I like where Harson's headed with this program. And, you know, even just a hint of that, you know, dissension can cause some big rifts in the locker room. I mean, I've been a part of some locker rooms and, and this was back in high school that if everybody wasn't 100% bought in, if there was that one lazy person that just for some reason didn't like that one coach, it made you not play as good. It was just some weird psychological thing. And I, I, I think there's something to do with like now that we've got Harson's players in there, the ones that really want to be on this team, I think there's something to be said for, I, I think this next season we could overachieve what what a lot, even a lot of these experts are thinking. And, and even some of the, the new experts that are looking at this say, Auburn could potentially, you know, not we're not going to have a 10-win season. I don't think that's possible. But we could have an 8, 9, kind of around that kind of realm of a football season. And I, I think that would be fine. That's an improvement. And we're going to Georgia and Bama this year. So anytime that happens, that's going to be a tough year. So any other you, thoughts on, on kind of the buy-in kind of aspect of what you're seeing with the players? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think the buy-in's real. I think it's better this year than last year. Even players have said that. And, you know, I think nobody would wish it on, you know, anyone. And it definitely hurt recruiting in the short term. But what happened, you know, in the off season may have been a good thing. Like, if there's an underlying thing there that even the team's feeling and the coaches, you don't want to just not address it. Now, this day and age, you can't address it without it being front and center on the newspaper. So that's unfortunate, right? So it mm-hmm. became a big story. All recruits are seeing that. But at the end of the day, that might have been what was needed to get lay everything out, get all your grievances out there, let's mend some issues that were going on, and you know get headed in the right direction. And everybody that stayed, you know, they're bought in. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think you're right about the players. One thing I kept thinking though, when you were talking about, it, so if you got a few players that aren't bought, look, this is a hard sport. I think we downplay how much it takes out of a player, and if they're not bought in, can you imagine? There's, cool. you know, you're just not going to give 100, percent right? Oh yeah. And but I think the coaches, like I, I'm just thinking about, and I'm not knocking the coordinators because I don't know who was right and who was wrong and all this, but those coordinators and Brian Harson were not getting along by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And if they're not bought in, then you got two major coordinators and several players. And we lost, like, most of our games were lost by a touchdown or less. Right. That's all it takes is a couple of pieces not bought in. Yep. And and it's the, like you said, it's the little things of, you know, potentially, you know, that wide receiver that, you know, runs route 80% versus 100%. Like his full-on effort. Like he, by the end of the game, he's going to be lying on the ground. He's given all of his effort versus, you know, giving your 80%. What if that extra, you know, 20% that is needed wins you the game? You know, it's that fingertip grab that he goes after and grabs and that wins us the game. That's the difference in Auburn winning some extra games. I'm not saying that the players that were out there, you know, sandbagged us or anything. I'm just saying that if you don't get the buy-in from every single player, it's very hard to to get that edge that is needed, especially in the SEC. 
AJ, it's human nature, right? I mean, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not saying they went out there and purposely said, forget this. I'm right. Gonna, but subconsciously, I mean, you're out. Human nature is if you're not for something that grueling, you have to be 100% bought in. Oh, yeah. Up well, you're in. putting your body on the line. Like, you you know if that, that could be your last play because you could get injured and never play a game, you know, another play of football in your life. And you have to go in every play. All right, I'm going to go in for my team. I'm going to do it for my team. And if you don't have that mindset, it's you're a, not going to be your best. No. I mean, there's no you you can't have it both ways. You can't be not fully bought in and be your best. This is impossible. So, right. Yeah. And you know, buy-in doesn't mean you you get in line. I mean, buy-in is I think you're, you know, could be even, okay, look, I'm comfortable enough now with Harson and he's comfortable enough with me. Like if I disagree, I can go have a chat with him man to man. And yeah. we, we air it out. And at the end of the day, we hug it out. Uh, but we talk about it and move on. I don't think that was happening. I think it was more of, you know, things were being said at both parties and they weren't really getting everything off their chest and having the, the hug at the end. So right. I think we're more that in that frame now. Yeah. And from what I'm seeing from the players, there's much more unity in that. And that gives me a little bit more hope. Uh, not to say next year is going to be just spectacular or anything, but I think it's headed in the right direction if we continue on with Brian Harson even after this next season. I think you would see even more of the building up of the team versus, you know, crumbling. Just the, it, just the what I've seen with Harson, he's not going to give up and say, sorry, team, I'm going to give up on you. I'm going to move on. If, if he wins eight games, I think people will be pretty optimistic. If he wins nine, people are going to be, okay, let's, you know, what can we add here and there? To, right. I mean, if he were to win 10 games, just forget about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, it, was it, is it Ben King on that used to be on here? Oh, he'd yeah. be, he'd be, uh, he'd be chanting dynasty, wouldn't he? Oh yeah. He, he would, he would be going undefeated. We're going dynasty's natty. coming. 10 and 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Love like it. you, Ben. Yeah. I just had to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple other just kind of minor topics um, that came up over the last few weeks since we last podcasted. Um, Tank Bigsby got voted as the best running back in the SEC by USA Today's Sports Network. As he should. As Good he should. Job. I agree. And to me, this is kind of like a, an award, like a preseason award. Like, hey, you're the best one from last year, and we think you'll be really good this next year. I'll take that. I, I would yeah. agree with that. Um, and – I mean, just think about it. We've got Jarquez, and we've got other r- top running backs right right behind them. It's going to be a fun time watching our, our running backs go this year. And I, I want to see the creative ways we can get these guys going because we're going to commit to the running game. And that excites me so much. I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> so long. Yeah, no, oh, right. Oh, man. So long. Um. Something else, uh, Auburn ended up adding a transfer from Western Kentucky, Marcus Bragg. He uh, will now be our fourth edge rusher on scholarship. He's six foot four, 260 pounds, very nice size. Uh, he played at Western Kentucky, like I mentioned, last year. Uh, played 14 games, ended up getting two and a half sacks, uh, forced to fumble, and had 26 total sacks. So he was uh, pretty productive at Western Kentucky. And uh, really excited to kind of see where he can kind of add in um, some extra depth because <laughs> we needed some extra depth at Edge. And uh, I feel like we're starting to add some of that. Um, one other piece, and this will kind of be our last little topic here before we get out of here. So I was thinking back on, you know, the Auburn's new performance, football performance center that we're building. 
and I was looking back in an article recently that uh, the the center is pretty much 70% built at this point and uh, is going to be built and finished by September. And I was thinking, oh, that's, that's nice. That's like right around, you know, football season, right when it gets started. Oh, that'll be cool. Like they can transition over there. Um, and then I started to think, and Jared, I want to get your thoughts on this. Why wouldn't they like move in like, you know, week two, whenever the you know season gets started? Any, any thoughts on that? Like why that wouldn't be? Um, I really don't. The only, the only thing that I, you know, these guys are such, you know, routine when the season starts that may, I mean, I feel like you, you make it the switch and then you're good, but maybe there's something about routine. Um, you know, maybe there's something about, all right, it's, it's complete and finished, but they got to, you know, they got to do a couple of things interior here and there. Mm. I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, doesn't make a ton of sense. My, my guess is, uh, there's a lot of moving pieces before the season to get equipment and stuff in place, get things in place, and they just don't want to disrupt that. That's possible. M- mid-season. That, that's the only thing I could think. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the only reason, because I was thinking, yeah, it's the new state-of-the-art place. Like The players and coaches, I'm sure, are going to want to be in the new facility, practicing in the new you know workout rooms and all that kind of stuff. But if you're you're thinking about it from uh, especially mid season, I mean, if you've ever played any kind of you know sport, the a lot of times the best kind of thing that you can do is have a good structure for your practices for kind of your week to week, and that that helps you know when it comes to game day because you your players know what to expect come Monday, come Tuesday, come Wednesday, and if you switch that up like week three of the season you could have some weird stuff and and I'm well, wondering if they're just trying to avoid that. Yeah, and I, I you know, there's going to be some actual legitimate things that this, you know, new uh building does for us, but it's also a huge recruiting piece. Mm-hmm. And so that's we're still going to be able to utilize that. Like, okay, True. guys, come play for us. We're going to show you around. Here's what you're going to be using when you start because we're absolutely going to be in by the time you start. So the the big deal is get it up, get it going, stay on schedule so that the new recruits coming in can see it and say, this is where I'm going to be working out moving forward. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, not knocking construction crews, but it's really probably not going to hit the deadline. <laughs> so maybe they also realize that, like, okay, it's a soft September deadline, but yeah. we're, this is going to carry into October. We're not even going to bother with that. We got to worry about who we're playing that week, you know? Right. Well, and you, make, you bring up a good point about recruiting. Uh, you know, football season is a big time for recruiting. And so you get in the big, you know, high school stars on a Saturday and they come over and then they, you know, their eyes get opened up and they're, they start ooing and aahing about, you know, this thing that's in here or the new flight simulator thing that Auburn decided to put in there or the recording studio or whatever, you know, it gets them jazzed and excited about the performance center. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if you get, them in there that's again kind of one of those another selling point that gets the players to ultimately come to auburn well this is this isn't why they're doing it but just think about this like you know you're talking to a a five-star and you're like hey man you're you'll be the first person are they living in the are there are there rooms there or is it just no it's just it's like a football facility okay no Okay, you'll be the first person to ever use any of this when you come next year because we're not moving in until you're here, right? Yeah. So that's a that's a selling mm-hmm. piece, right? You're going to be the first. This, this is all brand new, right? Never used. 
you'll be the first. So, you know, come join us. That you know, that's mm-hmm. not why they're not moving in, but that that's another selling piece to these new guys. Like, hey, it's brand new. It, it'll right. be brand new when you get here. Come, yeah. come be the first one to do what. I don't even know what this facility does. Um, I just hope it brings recruits. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that does it for the topics I want to talk about today. Jared, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. I think we are, um, well, uh, non-Auburn related. Our, our Braves here, are, uh, they, they've shrunk the lead from like 13 back to a game and a half back. As oh, yeah. Of, as of today so that's not auburn related but probably a lot of braves fans so um, other than that that's all i got man yeah it's like exciting stuff around here at Atlanta. hey we're going back for the world series i mean the way we're playing right now it's uh yeah we, we were we were you know under 500 not that long ago and now we're third best record in the nl by yeah. dodgers and mets so. pretty good pretty, pretty good stuff yeah, that's that's a good good little comeback story in there all right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can people find you and hear you? Uh, you can just find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me at Twitter at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.